Hey, Restoration Church, Nathan Joey sitting here today, continuing our church basic series. As we think about today, we're thinking about particularly, we're going to think about baptism. Baptism. That's right. So we've talked about various things of the church. If you remember back in one of the, the earlier episodes, we talked about the church. It proclaims the gospel, it portrays the gospel, and protects the gospel. We've talked about the proclaiming, we've talked about the protecting, uh, now we're going to talk about the portraying or the ordinances. So... This to, is what makes up a church, these things. That's right. And so one of the ways the church pictures or vividly portrays the gospel is through baptism and Lord's Supper. So a podcast on each. Today we're going to talk about baptism. Nathan, why is it important that we talk about baptism to begin with? Well, because first of all, I think you'll notice, at least my experience in recent evangelicalism, is we don't talk about it much. What is evangelicalism? Well, people that believe the evangel, the gospel. <laughs> You know, churches that believe the gospel, gospel, we're going to say gospel preaching churches, um, or even those that intend to be preaching the gospel. So, uh, yeah, baptism is just not talked about much, and I think people see it, uh, rightfully so, because in church history, beginning rough, well, it kind of goes all the way back to the beginning, but church history, baptism can be seen as a kind of divisive issue, not divisive in the sense that you're not a Christian or are a Christian, although that might be the case with the Church of Christ. That's another conversation. But divisive in the sense that it separates kind of Baptists from Lutherans and Methodists and and Presbyterians and these kinds of things. And so many churches nowadays, they just choose not to address it, not to teach on it, and just sort of do it. And then they receive into membership sort of whatever people want to believe. We even find, we found that recently, even Pado-Baptist churches receiving Roman Catholicism's infant baptism, which is just amazing to me. Uh, like, not good amazing. And we'll talk about why in a minute. Yeah, so so I think it's important for us to be having this conversation because uh, most churches, I think, don't talk about it much. And it's been my experience. It's the big four that we talk about. One of the big four that we get asked about a lot is our position on baptism as a church. And be, it's not real popular nowadays to have convictions about baptism. But I would hope that people want their pastors to actually believe something about one of two commands that Jesus gives us. One of two ordinances. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is a command, you. Yes, as yes. we'll see. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so let's, yeah. So, But it wasn't, Jesus didn't just show up on the scene and come up out of this out of nowhere. That's right. So if yeah. you were to give us a quick biblical theology of baptism, where do we begin to see some uh, references or some ideas of baptism and what it's representing in the Old Testament? Yeah, you can, you know, this is probably pulling out a little bit, but you can maybe see it in Genesis 1 with the sort of God creating the waters and the land comes up out of the waters. But most particularly, you see it in the flood, sort of how God sort of symbolically washes out the world and starts over again. And the um, hopefully a renewed land comes on the other side of that. Of course, it doesn't, and on it goes. You see... uh um, Peter in 1 Peter 3 is looking back to the Red Sea where Israel is going through the Red Sea. He understands those to be sort of in some ways pointing to baptism. Yeah. And then I think thirdly would be the priests that are preparing in Leviticus. They're sort of washing themselves before they enter into ministry of the Lord. So in these ways, I think in the Old Testament, it's readying us for baptism in the New Yeah, there's something about going through the, the waters of judgment and coming out on the other side, yeah. which we'll see, I think, is in baptism. Yeah. There's some this idea of being purified or cleansed yep. through water, which, yep. again, brings us to the yeah. what we see in the New Testament. So, yeah, we, And to be clear, it's always God's doing the saving, doing, doing all the work there. So never, even in those Old Testament passages, uh, do we see the water actually, you know, spiritually actually cleaning. It's always right. God that's doing the cleaning. Right. Yeah. And so when you when we get to the to the New Testament, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we see baptism. What, what are some things that places that come to mind when we think about baptism in the New Testament? Well, right out of the ba- right out of the gate, right? You get John the Baptist. That's why we're Baptists, right, Joey? <laughs> I actually had somebody okay. said that to me one time. Really? They, they told well they were we were having a discussion about it was a it was someone from John was, was a Baptist. That's right. They said, "Well, you are you a Baptist just because John the Baptist is a Baptist?" And I'm like, "No. Do people <laughs> actually say that?" Anyway, uh, uh, John the Baptizer John, might be better. That's right. Sometimes <laughs> I use that language. So right out of the gate in the book of John, I think even in the book of Mark, uh, right. probably you find. John the Baptist, he's one of the first guys that's mentioned, preparing the way for the Lord. And what do we find him doing? He's baptizing. Um, that's right. So yeah, so right there, right out of the gate. Yep. And so and then then uh, so that's what. So if you had to encapsulate the question, answer this question in a sentence or two. What is baptism? Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I would say that it is a public display of your faith in the uh, death, burial, resurrection of Christ, who is the reflection of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, maybe a better way or more succinct way of saying that is I would just read them and I would quote to them Romans chapter 6, which says, Do you not know that all of us uh, who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So there's what it means, down into the waters. And we were buried therefore with him by baptiz- baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised, there we are coming up out of the water, uh, from the death, from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So let me make that a better, more succinct statement. So it is picturing the identity we have in Christ's work in the gospel. Amen. Yeah, and so we could say baptism symbolizes our identification with Christ, mm-hmm. purification through Christ, yes. and incorporation into the body of Christ. Have you ever noticed, if you've been paying attention to these podcasts, you will notice, Joey, I'll say something. <laughs> And then Joey will come back in with these nice little pictures, little, you know, it's so good. But, Thank you, brother. That but, is very helpful. But right. But so I think it's those, those yes. two, but it's that in court, in this way, talking about Romans six, incorporation yeah. into the body of Christ. Well, it is the believer saying something, but it's also the church saying, yes, yeah. welcome in. That's right. So it's, it's two people talking. Yeah. Just like in a marriage, two people are talking. That's right. So it's the, it's the, it's the mm-hmm. initiation covenant mm-hmm. of the thing. So, so. Yeah. Most people, just to be clear, some of you listening to this, probably before you, Listen to this podcast. You thought that baptism was only one direction, just right. me declaring, but it's the gospel being declared. The person, this is my gospel, and the church saying, uh, "Yeah, we believe that you believe that gospel." Yeah. So it identifies us with Christ, purification through Christ, incorporation into the body of Christ. Why do we do it? Yeah. So well, pretty simple, <laughs> right? Jesus commanded us to. Where did he do that? Yeah, Matthew twenty-eight. Uh, well, I mean, we could probably go back. Jesus does it to fulfill all righteousness. Right, and so whatever Jesus does, I'm pretty sure we should probably do it. Uh, but nevertheless, at the most simplistic nature of it, Jesus commanded it in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 20. He mentions the authority that he has in heaven and earth, and then he says, "Therefore, go and make disciples." And what do you do with the disciples? Well, you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, teaching which, them to obey. Which, and what do we see in Acts two? What do they do? That's exactly what happens. That's right. Yeah, they baptize them. You know, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. We want to be saved. What do we do? We'll repent of your sins and go and be baptized. That's right. And so we see the new church, uh, the, yeah. the church doing exactly what Jesus taught. And so the why is quite simply, but it's it's both the, the pattern and the prescription of Scripture that this is what those who are trusting in Christ do. Yeah, that's and, right. And so that, that leads yeah. us to yeah. one of the things that does make us Baptist is our who we think should be baptized. Yeah. So Nathan, as we read the Bible, yeah. who do we we think should be baptized. Yeah, we believe that ba- believers should be baptized. And so 
And to be clear on that term, that get that word gets so misunderstood. Baptist, we're a Baptist church. Words designate things, right? So we use a word to communicate a thing, a thing namely that we believe in, and this is what you're asking. So we're not Baptists that then go and read Scripture to figure out other things. No, what we're doing is the word Baptist just reflects what we understand about baptism. That's just a word to communicate this church believes this about baptism. Most notably, we believe that baptism is reserved for believers. Okay. And so where would you get that? How do you get there from the Bible? Well, I think the verse I quoted, I'd probably start there. Right, So we could start with Jesus getting baptized, our identification with Jesus. And so people that are not identified with Jesus, why would they get baptized? But secondly, Matthew 28, when he says, therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them. So baptizing who? Baptizing the disciples, baptizing the followers of the one true risen Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, I would say that's the only people we see get baptized in the New Testament. Right. So uh, I don't see any infants or non-believers or whatever the case may be being baptized. Uh, and so, therefore, I think that's at least three faithful reasons. And by the way, just to be clear, throughout the history of the church, the church has always believed this. Every tr- every yeah. gospel-believing church believes that believers should be baptized. Is that true of the Methodists? Yes. Presbyterians? Yes. Uh, is it true of uh, Congregationalists? Yes. Uh, yeah, good. Anglicans? So, yes. Yes. Everybody believes... Yeah that those who believe in Christ should be baptized. Now we'll come back and answer a question in a minute. Yeah, a little bit later. So just to be clear, we've not said anything that is in any way controversial. Yeah. Now other churches want to say additional things, but all we've said so far is what the church has believed for 2,000 years. That's right. And so the way I say it is if, if baptism is the sign of the covenant, it should be given to those who are in the covenant. Right. And Scripture, even in the Old Testament, uh, this is Jeremiah 31, where it says, Behold, the, Jeremiah 31, 31, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I make a new covenant. He goes on, not, not like, like the, the covenant yeah. that I made with the fathers. Well, what's different? Verse 34, And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Why? For they shall all know me. So in other words, in the Old they Testament, all shall know that's me. Right. In the Old Testament, it was a mixed community because mm-hmm. the 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 way you entered the covenant was through physical lineage. Mm-hmm. Well, in the New Testament, the way you enter the covenant is not through physical lineage, but through spiritual lineage, and that's yeah. why all know Him by grace through faith, as it is that's granted right. to yeah. you. So everybody in the New Covenant knows yeah. the Lord, that's and if right. the sign of the covenant belongs to those in the covenant, well, then we're going to say not only should believers receive it, but it's reserved for only those who are yeah. repenting and trusting in Christ, which makes us different from who? That makes us bi- bi- different from people that might be referred to as paedo-baptists. That is to say, they believe that babies should be baptized. All babies? Uh, no. No, not all babies. Only the babies, only the children of those of uh, of those people, those parents that are in the covenant, that are already Christians. And so... And they're going to make the argument that it's a transition, it's a continuation, which we believe that there are conti- things that continue from the old to the new. They're going to say that it's a continuation of, or actually a, a discontinuation of sorts, of where uh, circumcision is now being replaced by baptism. So in the same way as a son would have been circumcised on the eighth day, because it's that physical lineage mm-hmm. you were just talking about, so now baptism replaced circumcision in that uh, now they receive the sign of baptism since they are a child of the covenant. Uh, so the other ones were, you know, children of the covenant. So in the new covenant, now they're 
They just get that sign instead of the other sign of circumcision. Yeah. What can we, so we would not like, so a faithful Presbyterian church, a faithful Anglican church that, that baptizes or uh, puts water on children. Yeah. Uh, we would. Good. Did y'all catch what Joey <laughs> just did there? That was important. Yeah. He corrected uh, himself. We have very, we love our faithful brothers and sisters yeah. in these churches. They yeah, love they believe Jesus. The gospel. Yeah. Uh, we've transferred members there. Yep. We pray for them. Yep. So this is an area where we, we, we're both reading the scriptures and seeing what we see. And so this is not a salvific issue, an right. important issue, yeah. but not salvific issue. Yeah, the way I like to talk about it is, is it's a secondary issue, but it's not a tertiary issue, nor is it a primary issue. Yeah. So no, most of the time when we have this discussion, people often want to take it as a secondary issue and push it into tertiary. Right. So I'm not saying we are not saying it's primary in the sense it's salvific, like you just said. But it's also not tertiary, like maybe eschatological positions are. It is a secondary thing because there's only two ordinances that Jesus gave us, and we need to have opinions about those things. Yeah, and I think faithful Presbyterians would say what we would say, like, you need to have a conviction yeah. on this. You can't just yes. say whatever. Yes. Like, it's a command of the Lord. We don't take yeah. other commands and be like, ah, yeah. whatever, it's hard. Like, no, yeah. we we, yeah. we read Scripture, we come to a position, but we can hold it firmly yet charitably. Amen. And so, yeah. uh, Amen. And so how... So that we believe that baptism is reserved for those in mm-hmm, the covenant, those mm-hmm. that are expressing repentance and faith. Again, you can read the Bible cover to cover. Yep. Our our Pado Baptist would would agree with us here. You will not find one person being baptized that doesn't express faith and repentance that's in right. Christ. That's There's right. There's not one. Yes. Now they would want to. That's exactly right. Now they would want to quickly point to those that were where entire households were born, and so therefore they're inferring. And I've even. And if you go back and listen to my sermon on baptism, you'll hear me quote one Pado well-known uh, Pado Baptist scholar that says we are inferring. Yeah. Uh, so they're inferring that those household baptisms were they had some kids in them, some infants in them. Yeah. So Which, of course, so there's yeah. Just to verify what you said. So our conviction is it's reserved for believers, and it's also our conviction that it's tied to membership of a local mm-hmm. formal membership of a local church. One more verse, though, okay. Joey. Yeah, One right. more verse. Colossians chapter two. Okay. And the, we're using the language of circumcision, which is what Pado Baptists or infant baptizers will want to say that it, baptism is replacing circumcision. I want you to listen to the language in Colossians two, verse eleven. In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism. So Pedro Baptist is going to go, look, see, baptism, circumcision. But look, keep reading. In which you were also raised with him, how? Through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And so therefore, he's only speaking to those that actually have faith. He's not speaking about any sort of replacement theology of uh, baptism and circumcision. Which, if you just go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 2, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. at Colossae. Well, yeah. Who are those? Those that are trusting in Jesus. Yeah, so it's not a replacement. Uh, okay. So, so connection but, to baptism. Yeah, so baptism and belonging to a local church are connected. Yes. Or we would say that one uh, must be baptized in order to uh, be a member of Restoration Church. So they go hand in hand. Yeah, that's in our statement of faith. You can read that there. So have them baptized. We covenant together. Yeah, so and, forth. Yeah, and you'll even hear us at a members meeting say, so and so, we just did this at our last members. That's right. So and so, we're receiving them impending baptism because they have not yet been baptized. So we, we wait for them to be baptized in order, to, in, in order for them to become full members. Why do we do that? Yeah, because I think, first of all, Christians obviously should be baptized. It's commanded by Christ. 
And we understand going using Colossians, if you already have your Bibles open and you were just following along with what I just read, if we were to go back in Colossians chapter 1, just a few verses before that, verse 24, it says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake in my flesh. I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. So why are we connecting baptism to local church membership? Because to be baptized is to obey Jesus, to identify with Jesus, and Jesus' people are his body. Therefore, uh, if you are identifying with his body, and his body is the church, then therefore uh, baptism is connected to church membership because, you know, my member, my finger is connected to my body. Right. So yeah. So are we yeah. saying somebody's not saved if they're not baptized? No. Yeah. Yes, saying. yes, we are. No. <laughs> We're not saying that. It's not a work, right? Those types of things. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we see, and because it's two ways, because it's the person saying, yes, I believe in Christ, and the church is saying, yes, we we affirm that gospel profession, one of the things, if you remember the previous podcast, was when we when we formally link arms, we're saying we will oversee each other's profession of faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the, just like a marriage, when two parties come together and say, yes, we're in this together, that's yeah. what baptism is doing. Yeah. And yeah. so there needs to be a formal, recognized commitment between mm-hmm. the baptizee and the yeah. baptizers. Yeah, we agree. We agree, and yeah. we're going to walk this out. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah. Yeah, there was an interesting case which was so instructive to me and helpful to me in the life of our church years ago where uh, a believer, a brother, was baptized in a non-gospel preaching church. And he understood that he wasn't believing all the bad stuff but was upholding all the good stuff. And so he wanted us to receive that that baptism since he said, well, I wasn't you know, holding this, I wasn't believing this stuff, but I was believing the good stuff. And what the, the turning for the turning point for him is when he understood that everybody in that room that was watching him get baptized, quote unquote baptized, we don't think he was, everybody in that room thought that he was believing all those wrong gospel believing things. And once he understood that, then he said, oh, I want to go and confess my faith in this gospel to this church that does believe the gospel, That's right. which just for him and I think for even for me, it solidified it all the more. It's exactly what you just said, Joe. It's both people talking, saying we believe the gospel. We both believe this. We agree that both of us are in this, and we're identifying with that gospel. So it's important to have both sides talking. So so baptism, the, the what? It's the identification with Christ, purification through Christ, incorporation into the body of Christ. Why? Because it's both patterned in Scripture and prescribed by Scripture. Who? Reserved for those trusting in Christ. Uh the the where we've talked about is a gospel believing context, mm-hmm. and so we believe that because the ordinances were given to the local church, the best context is the local church. Yeah. So yeah. a gospel believing local church. So it could happen in a church that that doesn't take the gospel. That's not a church, and so we're going to say that's not in keeping with scripture. Mm-hmm. But what about an instance, Nathan, when it was a a parachurch organization? that believe the gospel and they baptize people. When somebody comes to us, would we say that's a valid baptism? Yeah, we're going to use this language of an irregular baptism, right? So we're going to say that uh, we don't think this is best. We don't think it's the thing to model, that teach, to teach and that sort of thing, but we will receive it insofar as the people in that context are both believing the same gospel. That's right. So, you know, so we'll receive it. We're not excited about it. Uh, but, uh, well, yes, we are. We are excited about it. We are excited about it. We're just going to say it's not, it's not it's bad. Irregular. It's, it's, yeah, it's irregular. Yeah. But we're, we're not going to say, well, because it didn't happen in this particular way with all the everything we want, then we're, it's not valid. Like, That's no, we're right. the essence of gospel proclamation, gospel affirmation was there. And because of that, 
we'll, we happily accept it. Yeah, and we should bring up the instance of Acts chapter 8. It comes up often in this discussion. Yeah. So Acts chapter 8, you have the Ethiopian eunuch, and he is being baptized by Philip, and there is no church around. That's right. So uh, And so therefore, that's that would be the argument that would be leveled against us. What do you mean about baptism should be reserved for local church? You've got an Ethiopian eunuch, at which time I would say, sure. If there is no gospel-believing church anywhere around you, go ahead and baptize, of course. But that's not the case here. Because we have to remember all remember all the miracles and everything that Jesus is doing, that the apostles are doing. They're testifying to the legitimacy of the gospel. And so since the gospel has been legitimized, as it were, in this two or three are gathered, Matthew chapter uh, 16, 18, that we've already discussed in previous podcasts, therefore uh, baptism is best done in the local church. But if there's no local church that is believing the gospel, yeah, go baptize. And that's going to happen. It's not going to happen in the United States, more than likely. It's going to happen somewhere overseas where there is no gospel-believing church. So we would say that the baptism of the Ethiopian eunuch is irregular in the same way of the things that you just mentioned. That's right. So there are there are instances when baptism is not tied to a local church or baptism is not tied directly to local church membership because it's on the frontier of the mission field. That's right. That's Again, right. Yeah. it's not helpful to read that back into our context because that's not that's where not, we are. Yeah, that's not where we so, are. Yeah. Uh, but so then, then last, last question: How should we baptize people? We uh, should baptize them with water. Joey, a, can we use Coca Cola in a horse trough? Uh, in a horse trough, yes. <laughs> if we put Coca Cola in there, would that be? Uh, uh, don't ask that question, Nathan. Come on. Uh, uh, so, so the, the yeah, word by ba- immersion. So, yeah, go ahead. You you explain it. The, the the word baptism just most frequently means immerse. Yeah. Uh, in the New Testament. There's one or two instances when it does mean poor, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the most frequent word it just means immerse, which ha- that symbolizes life, death, burial, resurrection right. of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it also when somebody's is, buried, they put they are immersed in dirt. That's right. And it also symbolizes even the Old Testament stuff, the flood and the Red Sea going through the waters of judgment and coming back out the other side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we we believe and practice under normal circumstances that immersion is both fits the word and the symbolism best. Yes. So Nathan, here again a question. Yeah. But there's other modes that people use. They we've pouring, we've yeah. seen, and sprinkling. Right. Uh, would we accept or yeah. celebrate a baptism? Somebody gospel believing context, yeah. and it was done through sprinkling or through pouring. Yeah, same thing as before. Kind of. I would say this is an irregular instance, and yes, we would receive it. So in the same way that we would look at. Uh, a let's say a single mom with two kids, and we would point at that and call it a family. Absolutely, and rightfully so. We should call it a family, even though it's single mom and two kids. But we recognize that there's a per- particular way that God has ordered the family with a husband and a wife and kids. So, but it's just an irregular instance. So we've used this example before from our brother Jamie Dunlop's been helpful. If we, you know, if you break your ankle, right, yeah. you didn't stop being an ankle, right? It's it's just a broken ankle, but it's still an ankle. That's right. So in the same way, yeah, an instance like that would be irregular, pouring, sprinkling, um, but we would receive it because we believe that the essence of the command of baptism in Matthew 28 is not in the mode, but in the confession. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so we've, yeah. Of the right gospel with the right God. That's right. Confession, yeah, the right, right gospel, right God, right context with some amount of water being used yeah. to celebrate and signify all that God does yeah. um, in the life of the believer. Yes. So yes. anything else before we go uh, on this topic? Very important, beloved, that you think about it, you read it. Oh, Nathan just cut yeah, a finger. He's yeah, got a, yeah. I just, I, I, I'm, I think I'm a little surprised. That, maybe I'm not surprised, but I think 
because we've gotten to a point in our nation's history where baptism has not been really pushed hard, uh, and we kind of, churches kind of receive both and they don't take much of a position on it. Uh, if you have not, if you're listening to this, now if you're a member of our church, you have been baptized, but if you're listening to this and you've never, as a believer, confessed the gospel in a gospel-believing church, uh, I would encourage you to talk to a pastor about that. Mm. And, uh, because I, I, the reason I bring that up is because I'm sadly surprised at how frequent it is in almost every membership class where years have gone by when the person has probably been a Christian. They've been regenerate. But because nobody, because we've gotten to this point in our nation's history where we're kind of making back, baptism a third, a tertiary issue, they, nobody's really pushed them to think about it and to do it. And it's only one time in your life do you get to do this. And so if you've not done this, then you should go have a conversation. It is important. Yeah. It's not salvific, but it's important. You shouldn't delay in this if you can. Now, there's another question that comes to my mind that we are not going to answer right now. Don't even, the, don't even ask it. Okay, I'm don't not going to ask, ask it. it. Now you know what they're going to do. They're going to go, what are they talking about? What are they thinking about? <laughs> if you want to know, corner Nathan after church. There you go. Yes, him. you can do that. Uh, but if you do want to read more, we have a little booklet that we've we've put together, borrowed yeah. from other resources and put something together. Uh, any other books that come to mind immediately on baptism? If you want to really get a big, full, whole-hearted one, there's uh, a big one, like a 200-page one. Bobby Jameson wrote a book called Going Public that gets good. Uh, there's also a tiny little booklet. Like 50 pages. Uh, yeah, like small. 50 pages. Really good. By I think it's also by Jameson. Yep. And then we have that own little pamphlet that we put yeah, together. There's so. three things. Yeah. So if you want to read more about this, have a conviction. That's right. Yeah. That's all. I'm, I'm all just have a conviction. Don't just say whatever. Have yeah. a conviction. A biblically informed conviction. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. not Thank just you. by tradition yes. or experience. Yes. Or whatever. Biblically informed. Anyway. I like what you said right there. Uh, that was good. Not okay. just by tradition. All right. Beloved, we love you. May God fill our baptism waters full. Please stir those uh, waters. With both those who already believe, but even more those who come to faith and display the glory of Christ by being baptized. Pray for it, beloved.